0: Welcome to the Create a Relationship You Love Summit. I'm your host, Andrea Carella, and the benefits of the summit are to help couples create satisfying, authentic, harmonious, and passionate relationships. Today, we have a very special guest, Lisa Stedman, who is a refreshingly real woman who navigates women from singlehood to mating, marriage to motherhood, with humility and humor. And we will be covering today the four secrets to radical love. The areas that we'll be covering are how to create a vision for what you deeply want in your relationship, three tips to cultivating your radical love voice, the key to owning your individual value in a twosome, and how to stop hiding in your relationship. Welcome to the summit, Lisa. It's so wonderful having you on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Wonderful. Well, I have some great questions to ask you, so I'm really excited uh, to begin. And the first question is, can you define what radical love is and how we can create it in our relationships?
1: Yeah, I I love talking about this because I think it's important for everyone to know whether they are in a current relationship or they're on the path to a relationship or they're just leaving a relationship. Touched on the fact that I work with women in all ages and stages of their lives, Radical love really begins within and it begins with total self-acceptance even on the days when you struggle with that. It begins with loving yourself enough to know who you are and what you want and need and then that spills over into how you magnetize a partner who can meet you there and be in that same energy. And that same integrity and the, those same intentions so that everything you're, you're doing individually and as a couple is really centered in self-love and acceptance. And, and that's not radical, although if you look at the relationships on reality TV, it certainly seems radical to be healthy and happy and, and, and in tune with yourself. <laughs> mm,
0: I know. <laughs> so true. And what are some steps that people on the call can take? Uh, to start creating that radical love from within. Yeah, you know, it
1: really starts, and you touched on this when you kind of summarized what we were going to talk about today, and I love that, so people have a vision for where we're going. The first step really is to create that vision for what you want, and what I mean by that is if you are consciously living your life, and if you're not yet, you know, today is a great baby step to take, it really is about cultivating a vision for what you want your relationship to look and feel like. So many of us think... At some point in time as women, you know, oh, I wanted to make great money or, oh, I want him to be really handsome. And and those are nice qualities. But what about how he makes you feel? So when you create a vision for what you want your radical love to look like, you get really clear about what you want to feel feel like every day. You want to feel maybe supported. You want to feel happy. You want to feel giddy. You want to feel seen and heard and celebrated. You want to feel like your partner understands you deeply and accepts you. And when you come from that space and place, it really helps you release those trappings of he's got to look like this or be like this. And instead, it's you realize it really is a daily
0: energy exchange.
1: And it's important to love how you feel in a relationship so you can love your relationship.
0: Oh, absolutely. I am glad that you uh, have spoken to this topic because I think really when we're creating a vision, really getting in touch with the emotion of the experience really helps to manifest the experience much more intensely. Yes. And I think it's a clearer compass because it's really the essence of that dynamic that you're creating with your partner, really knowing what that vibration is that you'd like to feel and what you would like to resonate between you and your partner is really key.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'd like to speak to that for just for a minute more, because I, I think For people who who maybe this sounds a little woo-woo, I really want to take a step back and go and and ask people, and and myself included, think about the relationships that for no reason felt like a struggle. Like there was nothing particularly wrong. It was just a daily struggle. There wasn't maybe it was there was masculine feminine issue or a dominant submissive issue. I remember back to my big breakup that I wrote books about. I so wanted him to be the one, and he, he wasn't a bad guy, but he was highly emotional and I was highly emotional, so the way we made each other feel didn't align with how I wanted to feel in a relationship. I didn't feel safe or secure because I was on an emotional roller coaster. So if you can just kind of think about in the past or even in your current relationship, what are the things that seem like a struggle even though it doesn't really make sense why they are so intense or things that seem effortless. Think about that too and and really tune into, wow, how am I co-creating that effortless space as well as that struggle space?
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know for myself, when I was setting the intention back, I think in 2006, when I was setting the intention for what I wanted to create in my relationship with my future partner that I didn't know yet at the time, but really setting the intention of how I wanted to feel, what I wanted our dynamic to be like, how we communicated, what our sexual chemistry was like, what our spiritual connection was like, how we spent our time, and just got really clear and got really excited, even just about the idea of what I was wanting and desiring, and then just planting that seed and allowing it to come to fruition.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's what it's all about.
0: And it's amazing because I finally met him in 2009 and I I really just put aside the list or list. It was more like a letter that I was writing describing how amazing our relationship was. And it fell out of my journal when I was cleaning the house and I read it and I was just in awe because it was actually the relationship that I was in and that I'm still in today we're married and it just gets better and better every single day. Love that. Thank yeah. Thank you
1: for sharing that. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And what's great about what we're talking about is that even if people on the call are already married and they're not really happy with where things are at, you can still set this intention even midstream in the relationship and really help shift the the energy.
1: Yes. And I think that's important. This isn't for new relationships. You actually can shift what's happening in your current relationship when you get this clear, when you get clear and intentional with this vision piece.
0: Mm, absolutely. Now let's talk about women's voice in love and how do they change from better to worse?
1: Yeah. I have worked with and talked to so many women and I, and I fall into this category too sometimes and I'm very conscious of it now. Um, I've been with my husband 11 years but we, we can hold back. We can squelch things. We can, in the name of either people pleasing or being a good girl or being accommodating or wanting to make our partner happy or thinking, well, this is how my mother did it, even if that's very unconscious, we can shut down our voices. We can kind of squelch that, the voice of our truth, which is this is who I am. This is what I want to try and fit into a smaller box almost. And, and this is where relationship resentment can set in because we're not actually speaking our truth. We're we're holding ourselves back. There are things we want that maybe we're not telling our partner. So then it combative resentment is the silent killers. If you think about how you show up and communicate in your relationship, again, this goes back to what works and what doesn't work. So if you are, I, I my husband and I always say, and I give him credit for this, you know, you can say anything as long as it's fair. So you can say, hey, I need space or you can say, hey, I didn't like when you said that or you like you can really say anything as long as you're fair about it. What happens, though, is when women are afraid of rocking the boat, we can just shut down altogether. The. Radical love voice is a voice that comes from love and fairness but is really able to say anything in the name of improving the relationship. not you look fat you know that's not that's not constructive but I didn't feel good about when you said this or you know what I'm a little frustrated that it seems like all the cleaning duties are are, are coming my way or, you know, I really feel like I'm doing more than my share in this relationship. You can say anything when you find the radical love way to say it which is really just coming from your truth in in a loving, fair way. And this is a beautiful shift if you're in a relationship and you're like, you know what, I have been shutting down. It's not a whole pendulum swing from wherever you are to the extreme of whatever is the opposite. If you've been quiet, it's not about getting super loud. It's about just turning up the volume on your authentic voice and kind of releasing the chokehold you might have on your truth.
0: Absolutely. And how do people stay out of victimhood when they're in that conversation so that it's really clear and that it's non blaming so that the other person can actually hear it and receive it and be receptive to it? Because I think that's important to address.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing is to get clear about what you haven't been saying and what you want to say and ask yourself. Is it like, what about this, how can I say this in a way that's empowered and not blaming? Have I been a victim and really own and honor that like, oh, I have been a victim. So it's, it's not my partner's responsibility to free me from being a victim by speaking my truth. I'm changing the dynamic and I'm choosing not to be a victim. So how can I speak my truth in a way that isn't shame and blame, but is, is really empowered and an invitation to change conversations and have new conversations that are sometimes really difficult. It's often so much easier to speak our truth to strangers than it is to the people we're closest to. And I think it's really important to change that dynamic.
0: Mm. And how can somebody on the receiving end hold space for that person that's sharing? And what can they do to manage whatever emotions are coming up for them or defensive tendencies so that the conversation stays open and clear and really gets both of them to really where they want to go? How how can that happen? Yeah.
1: I think if you both set the intention to come from love and fairness, and let's be clear, it's not always easy to hear your partner when your partner is expressing dissatisfaction because If we are in victim mode, we can go to I suck, I'm bad and wrong, they're unhappy because of me. And so it's really important to hold space for your partner to be exactly who they need to be and love yourself in those moments too so that you can hear with the radical love filter, which isn't you're bad or wrong, it's some things need to change and I'd like to open this conversation. Really just being open. And coming from love rather than fear or stress, also finding appropriate times to have conversations rather than Mm. in the five minutes you can squeeze in in a day or after a really stressful day. Now, when you have kids, it's the constant time negotiation. So it would really be like, okay, we know the kids are going to be asleep for an hour for their nap or they've gone to bed. Let's both have our space if we need some space. Like my husband and I literally say to each other, you know what, I need some space. And then can we meet up in like half an hour? It's being willing to be that open and honest with each other about your needs and then coming together to have the kinds of conversations that are going to – these conversations
0: actually strengthen your relationship. Mm, Absolutely. And I think timing is really important and also addressing the vulnerability factors that could make the conversation really unproductive. So if you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, (laughs) probably not the best time to have those really important – charged conversations. It's better to get that stuff under control and then take some few breaths, take a walk outside so that that way you can be clear.
1: Yeah, have a snack. My husband knows that I get hangry. You know, hungry, when I'm angry when I'm hungry. So right. So we know if I'm a little cranky, we gotta feed me.
0: <laughs> right, right. We're like big babies, right? Yeah, Sometimes totally. we we have the same yeah. basic needs as as a little one.
1: And literally, my parents said that. To, my dad said that to him at some point. You know, as long as you feed her, like, <laughs> get some cranky. sleep. <laughs> was, yeah, totally. And then this is what's so interesting. Those are our basic needs. And then you bring a kid into the mix. Mm. And I find that this is a place where couples can really come together more deeply or be broken apart more deeply because of those issues or those fears or those like. So it really is children are the ultimate opportunity to meet yourself and your partner on a deeper level.
0: Yes. I think one of the biggest challenges is when you have to wake up every two hours, every four hours, especially at the beginning and how that throws off your whole internal biological clock. And then obviously we're a little bit more cranky or a little bit more edgy if we're not getting good sleep. Yeah.
1: It it just heightens everything. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now in that Conversation when people are having that, that conversation or addressing things, what if they've been sweeping things under the carpet for a long time and there's a lot of stuff underneath the hood of the relationship? How do yeah. couples navigate that just to start that process and break it down into small bite-sized pieces so it's less daunting and less overwhelming and yeah, keeping don't... that love voice in the process? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't bring up everything that's ever bothered you in the first conversation. I would really choose to make the first conversation productive in a way that you're really working on one issue. You're really talking about one thing if it kind of spirals into other things Just make sure that you're staying fair and in compassion and love rather than resentment and fear and like, well, you said that, so now I got to say that because that becomes completely unproductive. And the longer we sweep things under the rug, the more difficult shifting this dynamic in your relationship is. So if, if somebody's listening and they're like, oh, I've been sweeping it under the rug for years, it's okay. Just know that it's baby steps and you are choosing to show up differently. It doesn't mean your partner's going to meet you there today. And that doesn't mean your partner won't meet you there in five weeks, six months when they finally are ready to make the shift. So have patience and compassion in this process.
0: Yes, and absolutely. And something that I like to tell couples when they're wanting to speak from the heart, sometimes even in that conversation, putting their hand on their heart as a reminder of that intention to stay focused, oh, I love to speak that. from that place, so that it can just be more soft and gentle in the process.
1: That's beautiful. I love that.
0: Another thing that I learned from Gabby Bernstein is something that is a mantra where you tap your thumb to your pointer finger, same piece, then your middle finger begins, and then the ring finger with, mm. and and then your your pinky finger, me. So peace begins with me so that we can stay grounded in that as we're having those conversations.
1: Oh, I love that. That's great. I feel like anything that allows you to stop in a moment and get recentered with yourself is the, where the work really begins. Because again, you can say and do anything from that space and place of love and, and compassion and kindness
0: and fairness. Absolutely. And you mentioned that a woman needs to get more shocking in her relationship. What what exactly do you mean when you say that?
1: So, this is where her value really comes in. And what I mean by this is so often women Uh, And and again, I work with mostly women, so I'm speaking specifically to to our ladies today. So often we have a need to be people pleasers. We have a need to please in all of our relationships, not just our romantic relationships. That might mean that we're walking around being a little vanilla in our own lives. And what I mean by that is I'm going to say this with this person because I know that that's kind of their language. And I'm going to be this way with this person because I know that it's really almost like we become a chameleon in our lives depending on who we're with. And that doesn't honor who we ultimately are. I always say, instead of being vanilla, what if you were Rocky Road or Rum Raisin or something that was a little saltier, sweeter with a kick, something that really just allowed you to be who you really are. So your shock value isn't you have to dye your hair pink unless you want to. And it isn't that you have to suddenly change who you are, your shock value is really owning who you are and being all of that in a relationship, taking the appropriate out of the equation. I I always say, you know, I reserve the right to be inappropriate because I'm a woman. If you allow yourself to, to ask yourself in this moment, what are the pieces of me that I've been holding back on? Am I... Like I remember, in one relationship in my twenties, and this I look back and oh, I just love my little twenty-year-old self so much. Mm. I was in a relationship with an older man who I just had on a pedestal because he was really successful in his industry and very attractive, and people were drawn to him. He was very, you know, charismatic, very much an alpha male. Uh, And I remember one day I realized he didn't know I was funny. Like, he didn't get that I was funny, and that broke my heart. I realized, oh, my God, I've been so enamored with him and going along with him that I haven't shown up as who I really am because I'm really freaking funny. Mm. And I thought, oh, my God. I can't be with someone who doesn't know I'm funny. So I need to show up as my full self or this relationship will end. And ultimately the relationship end because he didn't appreciate the fact that I was funny.
0: Oh, see, I love humor. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's these different pieces of us that maybe we've been holding back on that, it, again, it's, it's, it's just like the voice. If you allow yourself to show up as all of you, even the parts that you think are inappropriate or, and this is the other thing, the parts you feel are unlovable. So if you're walking around apologizing for your thighs, like the size of your thighs, or the fact that you have wrinkles around your eyes, or that you have debt, or your parents are messed up, like whatever those things are, those are the parts where we are literally trying like hell to hope no one notices. And when you say... I love myself because of these things, you really magnify your radical self-love, which allows you to become more lovable. And so owning those shocking parts, owning the parts of your story that you're embarrassed by or that you think don't bring value to who you are, those are things that actually the right person will see you and get it and celebrate you and be like, oh my God, that's, wa- that's one of the reasons I'm in love with you. Like it's all those quirks. Celebrate the quirks. That's what makes you who you are.
0: Absolutely. I think sometimes the wounds are where the light can come in and there's an opportunity. Ooh, there's an opportunity for showing up in your fullness and it just allows you to have access to other people's acceptance understanding, empathy, even in those little cracks and crevices. And that's really what love is, is really being able to see the other person in their in their fullness and love all of who they are.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that's really what radical love is, is loving an imperfect person because they're perfect for you and vice versa. We are all so beautifully flawed. And it's when you celebrate that that you can come together on a deeper level and find that radical love.
0: Mm, yes, absolutely. Now, how do women hide in their relationships, and how can they become more visible?
1: Mm, yeah, it, it really is. Is this is our journey, and we hide the. It's it's kind of like that shock value where we're hiding our quirks or parts of our story, but the other piece is this is about. Belief. So I, you know, i I talk to a lot of women who are going through breakups and I always say it's not actually the breakup that gets women stuck. What gets women stuck is the story they tell themselves about the breakup and why it didn't work. And typically the women who struggle the most to move on are the ones who have deep, dark stories about why they're not worth loving anyway. And so this is just proof that they're unlovable. That's the story we go into. Those stories contribute to relationships. You come into a relationship and let's say you have debt or let's say you have a difficult childhood or let's say you are still licking the wounds from a past relationship and when we squelch those things and hide those things, we're not showing up in the fullness of who we are and we're not actually giving our partner the opportunity to see us in, in our completeness we walk around almost like, it's almost like there's shadow sides of ourselves that are in the relationship that we don't talk about, that we don't shine a light on. And sometimes that's where that energetic mismatch comes in that we can't explain. It's just there. And as a woman, you know, we're deeply intuitive. So we can intuit that there's something wrong if our partner's doing that. And our partner is, if they're in tune, can also Feel that, but they might not necessarily know what it is, and it might just be confusing. Anything that we think we're hiding is really a big. It, it, I I can I call it like the caboose of your train. Like it's it's you're not hiding. It's behind you, and it's making noise, and it's got squeaky wheels. So it's really about showing up as all of you and honoring that you're a work in progress, just as your partner is, and saying, I deserve to be seen and heard and supported exactly for who I am today as this beautiful work in progress.
0: Mm, yes. I think sometimes what's interesting is that if one person is is wounded, they almost magnetize or gravitate towards somebody else's woundedness at the other on the other end of the spectrum or Sometimes that can be the setup in the relationship, which sets the relationship up for a lot of turmoil, really, because both people are wounded and not fully whole. What would be some of the internal work that each individual might need to do when they're already in relationship or prior to being in relationship? Either way, because both are possible right. so that all that stuff gets cleared so you can actually just be in the present moment with that person rather than partially in the past and partially in the present and it getting all mixed together for both people.
1: Right. There's this great Quote from the movie. It was an indie film that was really beautiful called The Perks of Being a Wallflower. And there's this beautiful line in the movie that says, you attract the level of love you think you deserve.
0: Mm, I love so, that quote. Yes, I remember. Yeah.
1: And if we all kind of turn around and look at our past relationships, we'll see that that makes sense. It certainly makes sense for me. And I know that the more personal work I've done on myself, the better partners I've attracted. I know that I couldn't be married to anyone that I've dated in the past other than my husband because I wasn't ready to get rid of all the stuff that show get really work on my baggage. If you're single and you're in this space, it's really important to just honor what are the ghosts of the past that, that, are, that it's time to release. So the stories about why past relationships didn't work, the story that your ex was the one and no one else will ever measure up because you're only as true as your beliefs, the stories that you are unworthy for whatever reason. Like really, this is the time when you are single and then we'll talk about when you're in partnership. When you are single and you want to attract love, this is a beautiful opportunity to fall in love with yourself, create that radical love within, because that will shift who you attract. It, in, And I'm the perfect example. I used, I I was, when I was single, I lived in Los Angeles. I was a size 14 in a size, I called it size 14 in a size zero city. You know, everyone here is very tiny, at least the people I was looking at, because I was looking for proof of my beliefs, which was I'm the big girl in the room. Mm-hmm. And I didn't lose weight to meet a man. I fell in love with myself. And that's what shifted how men treated me and found me and were magnetized to me. It wasn't about exterior change. It was about interior change. And when you do that, it really shifts who and what you attract. And sometimes that can feel frustrating because it's like, well, I don't know how to do that work. This might be a time to go to therapy or hire a coach or go to a workshop Do Mm -hmm. some form of self-development that's really going to help you get out of your own way because we all have the stories and excuses of why we can't find love and why we only attract X, Y, Z, whether it's losers or bad boys or assholes or whatever it is. And our reality matches our beliefs. So if we believe that, that's what we're going to see. Now, if you're in relationship then it's really important to continue to self-develop and continue to work on being a work in progress, meaning maybe you do stuff on your own or maybe you do stuff as a couple, couples therapy or couples retreats or things you can do on your own to self-improve that will then trickle over into your relationship.
0: Mm. And what are some of those Pitfalls that people could fall into that they should, people on the call should be aware of that are red flags of it's time to address these particular areas or these particular issues if they come up. What might some of those areas be?
1: You mean within yourself?
0: Within the partnership. Okay. Whether well, it be communication or sex or parenting conflict or yeah, old patterns of example. behavior. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, really, if. If you feel in conflict on a daily basis, or if when you do have conflict, it becomes so intense and uncomfortable that you don't know how to handle it or be yourself or stay in love with yourself, those are really big signs. If you're not having sex, if you're a parent and you're fighting about parenting. I mean, those are the or if if there are major deceptions in the relationship, whether that's with money or sex or infidelity or any deception that's happening. Those would be some big warning signs. Yeah, I would really look for where you feel like you're not being each other's advocates.
0: Mm, Absolutely. Great. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's been really rich with a lot of different dimensions to it. So thank you for this time. thank
1: you. This has been amazing.
0: Great. So I know you have a very special gift for our audience. Can you share what that is and how they can access it?
1: I do. I have an audio program that I call 20 Days and 20 Ways to Turn Your Life On. And I – love sharing this with i mean your audience feels feels like this will really support them because it's not about that exterior stuff like finding love or if you're in relationship It's not about what's happening outside of you. It really is this inner game. And so this 20 Days and 20 Ways to Turn Your Life On allows you to create that radical self-love that then spills out into every corner of your world. So I'm very honored and excited to share this with your audience.
0: Wonderful. And I'll go ahead and include the link on the email that will go out to our audience. So wonderful. Thank you. Well, once again, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was, it was lovely.
1: Me too. Thank you so much.
0: Great. So once again, I'm your host, Andrea Carella, with True Potential Counseling. And just to recap what we covered on today's show, how to create a vision for what you deeply want in your relationship, three tips to cultivating your radical love voice, the key to owning your individual value in a two-sum, and how to stop hiding in your relationship. Definitely stay tuned for tomorrow's next interview on the Create a Relationship You Love series. We have an amazing lineup of interviewees, so I'm so excited to share the next one with you as well. Looking forward to connecting tomorrow. Take care.